What's going on, people? What's going on? Friday Night Life, and we got some some new toys. So we decided to pay for StreamYard because we heard some good things about it. I tested it out yesterday. I feel like this is going to be a good, good day. So, you know, bear with me just in case on some technical difficulties and all that good stuff. I got some, uh, some people that's going to join me today which you know I like to do it. So let's get the preliminaries out the way. I am Antoine Brown, of course. You know who I am, my good people. I will, let's see uh, what's going on in the world right now. There's uh, Dr. Al Sharpton, Reverend Al Sharpton had the march today and it was powerful. So hopefully some people will jump on and, and talk about that. I got one person in particular, I think, was down there. So I'm gonna ask her how it went. Uh, you know how I feel about uh, voting. If you didn't watch the RNC last week, it was it was a flip of America in a way that seemed very scary to me. So I uh, hopefully somebody can come on and talk about that. But go out and vote. They're pushing for us to get out. If you want to vote by mail, to get it in by October the twentieth. I'm saying get it in by October the fifteenth. We got. Uh, if you look down on my new little ticker down there. It's how you request your ballot. It's easy. You could just text uh, 7788 and then text something else, but it's floating down there. It'll bring you all the way up uh, on your phone and you can walk through it. All you got to do is have your driver's license. So make sure you got your driver's license. And of course, you can remember your address and all that. So, so you text uh, BBM to 7788. All right, let's see who we got first over here, Fee. Whoever you bring in, that's what we're going to talk to. And we're gonna to talk to first. You know how we do. We this is, and then we anything we like to highlight a black business. We like to talk to the people about what's going on. And we got Trinita first. Hello, Miss Trinita. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Anton? Man, I can't complain at all. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate this. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, no problem. First, I like to always ask everybody that come and talk to me on Friday night. Tell the people how you know me, and then we're going to get into why you came on today. Anto, we go all the way back to 2019. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We've known each other for years through your um, your wife, uh, Felicia. Um, and we've been friends ever since, from day ever one. Since. Yeah. So, Trinita, like so, <laughs> I, I told Felicia to give you a call because I like to highlight a black business owner every Friday. Oh, okay. night. And okay. you are the highlight of the night. So, all my million fans get to witness <laughs> and participate in whatever you got. So, go ahead and tell everybody how, you know, who you are, what you're doing, how they can get you, and we'll go through okay. that. Okay. So, uh, like you said, my name is Trinita. Um, I, am a, I am one half of Five Little Podcast. And you can find that podcast wherever you listen to any of your favorite podcasts. And it's F-L-2-Y-L-Y-T-I-C-A-L. And you can find us on social media everywhere with the same name. All right. so, and we actually just started season two last week. And we released our second, our first episode of season two on Thursday. And we release every Thursday. Every Thursday. All right. Well, Felicia just put it in the chat. It's across my screen. Hey, Trinita, I'm super excited about all this right here. I get stuff floating, stuff popping up. And then when people comment, that's going to come on the screen. I'm super excited about this because, you know, I was getting a lot of issues about uh, yeah, about live. So this, this is doing it. So, Trinita, 
I know. Okay, yeah. I want that, but I want you to stick around because I also been I've been telling Felicia for weeks that you've been saying some powerful things on your Facebook page about all the stuff that's going on in the world. So oh, wow. I'm gonna ask you to stick around because I know you used to co-hosting. So I'm okay. gonna ask you stick around a little bit, and I'm gonna bring some people in, and we're gonna have a quick conversation. We only gonna be here for about an hour or shorter, however the conversation go. So whenever okay. you have to leave, you can just jump off, and I'll understand. But I I'm would appreciate you. it if you stick around. All right, all right, let's do it, Trader. I appreciate it. So, um, okay. uh, uh, bring in is Marcel here? Bring in Marcel first. Uh, Marcel's a a good buddy of mine, and uh, let's, he when he has some things to say. Hey, Marcel, <laughs> man, how are you? What's going on, man? How you doing? Man, I'm good. Listen, it's usually just me and you, but I asked Trinita to stick around because I know she myself. she a co-host and that she's my uh, spotlight for my black business tonight. So Trinita, Marcel, Marcel, Trinita. So Trinita, Trinita. <laughs> Marcel. So I bring everybody on. I tell them, ask them, how do you know me? Get to meet me. Man, always sensitive. Yeah, gosh, we can go back at least almost ten years now. You know, bowling, and when you were really, really heavy into bowling, um, really making a difference from a minority uh, perspective. You know, bowling and showing me some stuff and. Uh, you know, trying to. No. Uh, grow bowling in the area, youth bowling in the area. Um, you know, but then you had to move away. You had some family obligations and, and things of that nature. So that kind of fell by the wayside for a little bit. But um, since then, you know, reconnected and just a good, you know, overall good brother, good vibe. You know, in the in the bowling world, you've been in it long as I have. It, he he's he's related to one of the first families of bowling, Tyler's, the Tyler clan. And um, you know, just again, just overall good brother. You know, we always talk about just real life stuff, and he's he's helped me out on some some real life stuff. So you know, I, the very least I could do is you know is to help support him and jump in on this, and you know, talk about. Whether you know whether it's the issues of that are going on now or just whatever. So, all right, Marcel, it's on you, man. The floor is yours. <laughs> whatever you want to talk about, I know. Like I said, uh, the RNC, the RNC has been <coughs> was ended. We had the march today. We, you're, you're first, first. Hold on, before you start that, make sure you mm -hmm. hug and kiss that twenty third baby over there for me. Because her birthday is August twenty third, my birthday is August twenty third. You tell her I said happy no doubt, birthday. No oh, belated. All right. And, and, so, but yes, and, 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 and I was gonna say, as a matter of fact, she she's she's in her room. So before I jump off, I'll make sure I'll I'll bring her in. Um, okay. But man, when I tell you a, a night and day different, a, a week and a week difference between the D the DNC and the RNC. Um, where with Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and just all the powerful speakers doing the DNC and what they were, you know, just putting out there, the energy that they were putting out there to everyone, the, the hopeful energy that they were putting out there um, was very infectious. Um, it, it, it definitely, it lifted your spirit um and and it was just it was very fulfilling 
But then on the flip side, you go to the RNC, you see the twisted nature, you see the uh, the lies, you know, that, that was being spread. Um, the, the non-mentioning, you know, which is, again, back in the day, we called it hidden racism, but now the outwardly, uh, the key, you know, the current president that we have now has truly given the key and turned the key of that hidden racism to unlock the door of outwardly uh, being racist. Um, and, and you heard that whole rhetoric during, the, you know, during the whole week, during the four days of the RNC. Um, and, I, and and I'm a, I, I try to pride myself on being a very spiritual man. And, and this is, and it's really, it's not about the people. It's not about flesh and blood. We're dealing with principalities that are really going on, good versus evil. This is really what this boils down to. But you can't help but to have the human factor, the human emotion factor of being upset. You're being upset about, you, uh, from George Floyd to uh, to this latest one with, you know, um, with the gentleman, the young, and I'm, his name is escaping me right now. Um, Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. You know, it was constant. Right. Right, Blake, Mr. Blake. And getting shot seven times in the back. Now, which I saw was going to come. Now they're trying to discredit him. Now, all of a sudden, this, you know, the sheriff's department or the Department of Justice within Wisconsin is trying to discredit saying that there was potentially a knife in this gentleman's vehicle, that they were saying that they were, that this gentleman had a sexual assault, had a sexual assault warrant, charge warrant on him, which have now all of a sudden been, uh, been done away with. You know, inconspicuously. But what was interesting, and I was watching CNN earlier in the week, and there was a white gentleman whose son was shot by police. And towards the end of his interview, he he made mention to the commentator, be aware of the Wisconsin uh, judicial system and the district attorney. Get an outside independent uh counsel you know investigation done which right there let me know that this is going to be the biggest cover-up of all cover-ups they're going to try to hide this because again it's on video now i am a kid i am a uh, a law enforcement kid my dad did 43 years of law enforcement between 23 in dc and 20 in secret service i know the whole code about the bag grew up around it. and it is definitely the 80 20 rule or the 90 10 rule where you have 90 percent of the police officers doing 10 percent of the work you you know you only have just those few that are actually doing policing and policing is about protecting and serving you protect you protect and serve the citizens that you swore and took an oath with that badge when you pin that badge on your chest so What's Marcel, before you let me let me ask Trinita. Let me ask a few things. Let me ask One, Trinita what she felt. Marcel, you have she can't hear me. And, and, and Booth, I'm I'm used to calling you Booth, so I'm calling you Booth. It's Booth for you. Go ahead. You know, as being a former military, the transition back is a tough 
thing. Yeah. And when you have military personnel who are transitioning back from overseas in a combat area, and being a father of of a military of a son who was in the military, having been overseas, never really saw combat, but again, being overseas and being in a different culture, and then for those who are served in any sort of war torn area where the volatility is just a hair. It's a hair between civility and volatility. Mm-hmm. And to come back from that, and to be trained to be a lethal weapon, and to now come back into society, into a calm, relatively calm society, and to try to now decompress from that, and to be, and a lot of them come from military back, you know, into some sort of law enforcement capacity. You're asking them to now try to defuse yep. themselves. And I, I, I said this. And I that, said this to uh, law, a lot of the law enforcement agencies or law enforcement, uh, ju- you know, from a jurisdictional uh, perspective, do I think do not have the proper proper training, yeah, cultural training to make these individuals aware that you're taking you're taking a white individual you're taking most of you know white folks white guys coming back from the military and put them into heavily african-american populated areas and having them to understand the culture they don't wait, know wait, they don't wait, know how wait, to defuse a situation wait Sam, wait 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 <laughs> wait because first before i'm gonna let you need to talk i, I can't hear you i oh, okay hold on wait If you were trying to say something, I couldn't. I can't hear yes. you. I can't hear you, Mike. I can't hear you. I'm good. You can hear me, Marcel. You can't hear me. You can hear me now. I can hear you. I can't hear him. Right. Can you hear me, Marcel? Give me a thumbs up. I can up. hear you. All yeah. right, back. So for, first, the training about the military is. <laughs> <laughs> you you are I'm gonna give you eighty to ninety five percent spot on about they're trained to kill and they come back and they should have some type of reintegration before they be able to take on law enforcement to its protect and serve. I'll give you that, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna leave that alone because Trinita has something on her face that I want her to express to say what you were thinking <laughs> as he was talking. I'm gonna give you the stage, Trinita, and after you, Marcel, I'm gonna bring somebody else in that was downtown. Okay. I'm gonna try to bring Renee in. And let mm-hmm. Renee talk, and let's see if we can all four have a quick conversation. All right, go ahead, Trinita. Sounds good. So I have a lot of this, a lot of this, right? But I'm going to go into the space where you're talking about the training. So I've been talking to different police officers. I've even been talking to vets who became police officers after they served in the military. Um, here's what we have to understand: they do get training. They get training every year. So. Uh, I don't think it's adequate. I don't think it's enough, but there is a systemic implementation or in their mindset of how they think before they even set foot in their training facility, how they use the or apply the policies that are in place. That's where the racism comes from inside the person. The other side of it is you have to remember 
mil um, the uh, police force was created back during slavery and the intention of it was so that they can keep a stronghold over black people, it's just what it was. And then we go back into the 13th amendment. We have to remember that the 13th amendment allows for slavery. It's basically slavery all over again, that, but just in a different capacity, right? We have, it's, it's so much involved in that. And that's why they say this, it's systemic because we understand that their goal is to make sure that we are kept, they keep their knees in our necks. That's all, that's, that's the goal, that's yep. it. Um, is to make sure that we're constantly afraid, constantly um, looking with our, um, looking over our shoulder, constantly being cautious and, um, and worry because the power is in our fear. So at some point we need to overcome that. But um, just keep in mind, the they get training all the time. The training is always yeah. provided to them. It's how they implement and how they receive that training is what matters. Because keep in mind that... Mm. We've been hearing this. There are good police on the force. There are some who who really do mean well. Now I split them in the categories. You're either seeing the bad police who don't show up and don't do, or or you don't do anything about it, or you do hold the bad police accountable. It's 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 we we no longer have. There's no longer a line in the sand though. It's 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 just it's just what it is. Yeah. If you're silent, you're implicit. Yeah. We need more police officers to stand up and uh, say something to who they know are bad cops. I was talking to a police officer the other day, and he was like, "We know that there are um, bad cops out here. We know, and and we're not all like that. We're just," he said, "They're either racist or crazy." Listen, here's my thing: the process for me, and when they're getting inducted into the police force, is part of the problem. I feel I personally feel like uh, there needs to be more of a mental health assessment in terms of what your mindset is and how you feel about people in general, because you really think that when they're becoming cops, that they're um, attuned to what's happening on the street, because really it's the street that matters. It's it's that's who's you know, it's it's the behaviors of people who are on the street. You got to have you have a connection. And there's a huge disconnect there. And then, so with that, they have a mindset, they have a mentality or an opinion that um, if you don't look like me, if you don't act like me, you don't talk like me, you don't sound like me, then, and I don't understand you, then they're allowed to think whatever they want. Um, and a lot of the information they get from about black people is inherited. It's through the years and, and we can go into different businesses to even see how inherent they just don't relate in terms of like how um, our, the way we wear our hair, the way we talk, the way we, um, the way we carry ourselves. But um, most of it's not real. Most of, it, most of it's not true. I used to think, <laughs> and I don't know how true this is because I've never lived in the Midwest. So I'm not going to, I can't speak to that specifically, but the way I understood it was because they never yeah. saw black people you can't hear me. Can you hear me, Antoine? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I I, I don't know. What to tell. I don't know. But, Go um, ahead. But um, I in the Midwest, I used to feel like they only saw us on TV. So the uh, mindset that they had, or the opinion they had of us, was either from his history, which in the history book is in not not always accurate, and then what they see on TV, and sometimes we don't always be depicted well either we're not depicted well on TV or we're just not depicted enough. 
So now they're starting to get to understand who we are because we're on TV more, right? We're we're um, in their faces more, so they're able to to have an idea. But those are lies to them because they rather believe um, people who, don't, who who also don't know. That's my opinion. Well, listen, Trina, just- I'm a I'm a segue bringing in Renee because Renee was down at at the march. So I want to hear what she has to say. I'm gonna try to. Uh, hit. Hey, Renee, how are you? Hello, you I'm me? well. Good, Renee. These are my friends, and you are my Hello, friend. friends. Tell Hello. everybody. That's Hello. Trinita. Trinita is our black. Uh, I know you was listening. I know you've been in the waiting hey, room. Book, Thank book, you so much. Quick. Yes, Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine. Happy birthday, belated 23rd, baby. How are you? Happy birthday, Jasmine. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. <laughs> So, so Renee, I appreciate you coming on all the way from Florida to D.C. And I was like, ooh, Renee, I know you're going to be downtown. Come on and talk to me. She was like, sure. I got hey, you. Every time I call hey, Renee. I can't hear you now. Oh, okay. You can't hear me. I'm about to hang up on you. <laughs> I can hear you. I can hear you. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell tell Marcel bye, Felicia. All right. So 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 but uh Renee, every Friday night, I know I, I brief you on what's going on, but every Friday night I have a talk. It's the with during COVID, a friend of mine was doing this just to check on his friends, making sure they was okay, talk about whatever issues they was. And I was like, Well, man, that's a great idea. And I started doing it and it's evolving. So now I get to have four people on the screen where I could have one at a time. So, and we are talking about all the things that matter, the RNC, the DNC, the March today, the killings, anything you want to talk about. If you just want to talk about your kids, I really don't care. I just want to hear how you feel, what's going on. And I really do, I do care because I want to hear how your March went today and tell me about that story. Absolutely. Well, um, my name is Renee oh, Berlou. Sorry, and- sorry, Berlou, sorry. You have to tell the people how you know me and how you met me. I was about to till you stopped me, sir. Yeah, I didn't didn't say it, though. (laughs) I am Renee Berlu, and I met this gentleman here on the campus of Livingstone College, where we are alumnus, and uh, so that's where I met Antoine. And I now reside in Fort Myers, Florida. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, so I'm also from the Midwest. And uh, my experience, just quick general background, my experience growing up in my community, we always had a Juneteenth celebration. So I've always had a big cultural influence. We have a big black family reunion that everybody from the Midwest comes together. Uh, We have a lot of positive things like the Jazz Music Fest, which is similar to the Essence Fest, where a lot of people from a lot of urban cities come down And so I've always been around a large group of positive black, just community and fellowship. And then I relocated to Florida because I wanted to be near a bunch of dolphins and beautiful weather and water. And I am in Trump County. Okay, so this was just an eye opening for me. It is very um, odd. I'm definitely outnumbered and I could not wait. I ran me and my kids to jump on a plane to come here to D.C. to just be amongst my people again. So we were so happy to be here. From the moment we stepped off the airplane, I was surrounded by all these 
beautiful ethnic people who just greeted me with a smile, a warm, friendly face. We don't know nothing about the Metro and everybody was so polite to help us figure out how to get around. So that was just another uh, familiar thing that I just loved about DC welcoming all of us out of towners on today. And the March was incredible. So I brought my three kids. They are 10, nine and five. And we marched and, you know, they, they understood that it was hot. It was uncomfortable. And I said, now, guess what? Dr. Martin Luther King used to march in a, in a full suit in church shoes. So be happy. I let you put on gym shoes and we got to sit down. They took a nap outside underneath some trees in the shade. I mean, we made it work. We had tons of people come together, giving us bottled water. And it was such a great fellowship. And I wanted to make sure that my kids were here to be a part of history. I said, now, when I was their age, I only read about the history books, I only read about the marches. And this is your chance to be a part of it. So other people will read about your experience here today. And so we got to hear tons of great um, organizers and great speakers and about all these people that are organizing in different towns and communities. And I'm happy that my kids were there to hear it. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s granddaughter gave a speech. And my kids were trying to stand on a park bench just to see who is this girl that sounds like she's my age giving a speech to get us energized and empowered. And it was just, I was happy that she was there. They let her speak because it just related to my kids. And it was just a wonderful experience. And I'm happy that we were here to be a part and hear so many beautiful stories of just organizers and the families of those that have tragically been lost to, to this gun violence. But the, the message of the march today was it's not enough to just be out here marching. Now we have to take this home and we have to put all of this motivation into action. Now we need to vote. Vote early. Grab as many people as you can. Take them to the polls. Help them to get the early vote out. So it was very encouraging, and I'm definitely on fire and ready to go back to Fort Myers, where I'm outnumbered, to still do my duty and to help my local NAACP and to continue to just vote, get the word out. And also, Reverend Al Sharpton made a very important point. Don't just vote for the next president. It's not enough to just get Biden and Harris in. You have to vote that whole ballot from your local council members to whatever those issues are on your city ballot. Everything matters. So don't stop at just the top names and the big headlines. Research, find out what's going on in your area and vote that whole ballot. We need to get all of our people into all of our local offices, into your local Congress, into your local Senate. Every vo everybody votes matters. And that was the theme of today. Everybody must vote. You know, one thing that I, that I pointed out as I was watching, because I, I sat my son down and I was just like, hey, let me uh, let's watch a little bit of this so you can understand that the history is going on. I went through the first March and I went through, hey, I was at the Black the Million Man, the 95 or 96, yeah. I can't remember, I was at that March. And I didn't want to take you down there because it would be hot. I was a little afraid of the the violence that may have occurred just because I'm a native, right? Just because I've seen it and I, I went to, I actually took Avery down to, uh, to during the Trump inauguration and it was just, it was so horrible, but it was just horrible. It was, it was a good sight and good learning lesson for my son to see, but it was horrible. But today was tough to watch because every time we start talking about all these names, I picture myself. I picture a Marcel. I picture my sons. I picture his daughter. Like I picture all these people, and it's like, wow. 
listening to Donald Trump, and I don't know if any of you listened to the hour speech that he had, but he he did not mention black or brown people in a light where it was okay, you matter or you your your cause matter because it's the cause that we're fighting. He also went above and beyond to point out if you're rioting or if you're protesting in your community, I'm looking for a way to bring in the National Guard to defuse or to destroy what you have on. And for him to divide the country through states, it it scares me to a point where you're you're trying to cause a civil war where you're the head and dictator. If you didn't watch it, what was happening was it was totally illegal for him to have a campaign rally on the White House lawn. He used the White House and the monument and the city as a campaign rally. And that is in the Constitution. That is in the bylaws. And don't I don't know where it is right now, but I'll find it. And next week, next Friday, I asked one of, one of my frat brothers to come on to talk about our First Amendment and what is it for us to have that right to protest peacefully? Like, and what about it and why that the police don't get that it's a, it's a right, it's, it's a First Amendment right to protest peacefully and they have to tear gases and things like that. So we're gonna dig a little deeper into it, but it, it was, when I, I don't think I would have been able to go down there with that smile you had today. It's been so, so much and I know everybody was happy and we was together and we angry, but that ballot in November, if this guy has an opportunity to go for another four years, he's going to be a dictator. He's going to be a Putin. He's going to try to change laws. He's already, like I said, he already broke one of the biggest laws ever. He should be impeached. It can't be impeached. But since he, the Republicans are majority, they'll never pass it. And that says how it was explained or said to me that they live in a bubble and anything outside of that bubble or any person outside of that bubble don't really matter to them. I don't care what color you are for real. And we had, a, I had another conversation with it because it's some poor white people out here that if these laws change in a way, I got you, Trinita. If the, if these laws change in a way that he's trying to change them, they're going to be affected too. And they're going to be trying to join the team. And we're going to be like, no, we don't want you on the team. You go over there and play somewhere. But I don't know. But go ahead, Trini. I saw you. Go ahead. But the only thing I was going to add we care about the racism because at any level of classism, racism is a part of it, right? It's um, it's inherent in every level. But um, we one of the reasons why we get so much pushback from um, Caucasian people is because of the classism that happens. And you're right. Uh, classism. There's the there's the elite one percent. They you keep hearing so much about the one percent, and then it's the two percent on down. Like at some point, they 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 it's they're classified, and so they are treated a different way based on how they're seen in and perceived in society as well. So they're um they're little um uh. They're, they push back on all um, on Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter because they feel like they don't matter either. But here's my point. Here's 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 my thing. If you are a part of the ostracized community, whatever color you are, you should be angry at every person who's pushed back on. I don't understand and I can't accept um, people saying um, 
issue having issues with Black Lives Matter, for instance, just because you're not included in that space. Well, you are in a space where you matter. You need to push back. So, but but don't say that we don't matter because of that. You understand what I'm saying? Um, yeah, somebody was saying somebody was saying earlier um, about if you're saying that if you put a color in front of Lives Matter, then you're racist. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's not that's not accurate at all because it is a thing where Black Lives we inherently feel that we don't matter to a certain group of people, and the, and we we do. The, the point is we do, and it is what it is. It's not an argument, and we're not saying that all lives don't matter or only Black lives matter. We are saying we're included in that number because we weren't included in the Constitution. Correct. We're, still, we're technically three-fifths of a person in the Constitution still to this day. So, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's, it, it, it frustrates me, but that's my point. <laughs> so, so, but you, you're absolutely right. And it's it's just amazing how this goes. It was scary to watch last night. It really honestly was scary. I've watched piece, bits and pieces of the first three days, but I was like, I'm going to tune in on this and, and watch it. it. It was scary. But Renee, that's, that's off my soapbox about that. Finish telling me about, you know, whatever you want, because this is your shine right now. And I want to talk to you a little bit before we go. No, it was just it was. Uh, don't get me wrong. Pieces of the rally, I was I was in tears because I'm a mother first, and so just you know hearing all these kids slain, and I'm always reminded of Tamir Rice, and so I'm constantly reminding my kids that you know in two years my daughter will be the age that Tamir was murdered for having a gun in a park, a toy gun though. Let's just be clear, it was a toy. There was no weapons. He wasn't gonna hurt anyone, and he was killed within 30 seconds of the police arriving to the park, and so all these conversations that um, are constantly being brought up about, you know, us having to learn how to act around the police. And it's like, well, we can't change our color when the police arrive. So the police need to learn how to act when they come to our neighborhoods or when they come and interact with us, because I'm, I'm going to be a person of color first. You see that when you walk up on me, but they know how to, they know how to talk. They know how to have hostage negotiations. They know how to deescalate um, Caucasians when they're out here with weapons and when they're out here murdering people, they're taken down alive, but there's only an issue when it's people of color. Now it's our job to remain calm. And so of course, these are the conversations that, that we are having. And while I am in Fort Myers, Florida outnumbered, I am learning to be able to have these conversations without getting so emotional, I guess, just so, you know, there's always this stereotype of, you know, emotional black women. So it's, it's, it's trying to have these conversations to educate the people around me of, okay, let's think about this. The first time someone sees me, you can see my skin color first. And then you've already prejudged me based upon whatever those notions are that you have of African-Americans. So to come here, to be surrounded by a sea of, and that's another thing. So in the sea of peaceful protesters and marches, there were all different ethnicities. So we appreciate all of the allies that came out to support us because obviously, you know, change takes all of us. And it was refreshing for my kids to see that it was not just black people marching to save black people's lives, that there were Latinos, that there were um, Caucasians, that there was all different people. There were Asians out there in support of us. So it was it was very refreshing for us to see that, you know what? A lot of people know that we matter and a lot of people, you know, want to protect us. And 
and help that my son can grow up and have a future too. So that was refreshing. So it was really great to be here. Listen, I, I, it, like I said, we watched, me and Avery sat and watched on TV and it was, it was emotional to, to just watch. So I, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Marcel, um, let me ask you one question before, before we wrap it up in a few and I'm gonna take the last couple minutes, but let me ask you, because I know you have, uh, you have a son and a daughter and I just got two boys and I don't know the conversations that y'all having in the house, but I know you personally, so I know you're having some conversations in the house. So, or to your son. So tell me how, you know, how you feel about what's going on when it comes to being a father of both a female and a male. As a black male, and that's where I'm coming from as a black male. Did I lose you, Sam? I did. I think I lost it. Well, I did. Well, I'm going to say, Trinita, since I lost Sale, and Sale don't want to talk to me right now, he's just looking at me. Trinita, tell the people about your business who didn't drop on earlier. Tell them about your business. And I know it's in the chat, but tell them a little bit about your business before we before we go. Free to Fly is the first um, front-facing portion of our business, which is actually called Freedom. Um, I'm sorry, Flylytical Podcast is the first front-facing segment of Free to Fly. Um, we are in season two. We just started um, episode one last week. We'll be moving forward. We have 12, season, um, 12, 12 episodes in a season. Um, we're really excited because we were nervous getting started, but we did really well, um, and I'm excited. We talk about a lot of this stuff, too. We talk about social topics, current events, politics, and, um, and I have a business partner, um, Jare, who works alongside me on the podcast as well. Well, I listen, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking to on one of those episodes to be a guest, so write me down, even if it's season three or season four, but make sure you put me down. I'd love to be a part of that. So Sal, let's see if Sal can hear me now, if he's going to look at me crazy. Sal, you hear me? Nope. Still can't hear me? Nope. I don't know if you all can hear me, but I can only hear one person. I don't hear Booth and I don't hear Trinita. Okay. Okay. Right, well, well, let me let me go. ask the question for you, then, Antoine. His question, Marcel, was: What are <laughs> the questions you. that you're having with your son and daughter as a black man? What are the current conversations you're having about the conditions and the time that we're in? Was that right, Antoine? Okay. Couldn't have said it better myself. The, the second. <laughs> <laughs> some very some very tough decisions and tough conversations because I, I I'm I'm scared. I'm scared for them. Um yeah. and now having a grandson uh who is a biracial uh child, he is half African American, half Jamaican, you know, but still a person of color. So now you you know, I, I'm you know, I have a, my youngest son will be 21 in December and a junior in college. And my older son is 26. So having these type of conversations of what, of how to act, you know, or what to do around a police officer, or if you was to get stopped or, you know, the company that you keep and, you know, just being, you know, being out and about um, is, it's disheartening. Because you want to make you want to be able to know that a your children are going to be safe and protected 
uh, by law enforcement, because again, that's what we were taught, you know, growing up. But now to see these these images, and, and they're adults, they see these images out here now. And to now feel as though that they're being hunted, because that's what these images are starting to look like. And it's yeah. eerily similar to back 50 some years ago, um, that when our ancestors or when uh, Martin Luther King and John Lewis, you know, uh, of the world, the, you know, those who were true pillars in the civil rights movement, when we're being treated as though the only thing left that they haven't done is use, use daggone fire hoses on us, but they're using something more lethal. They're using, they're using weapons, they're using guns. And now when you have a 17 year old who is going around thinking, you know, who is not even a resident of the state with a firearm and, and feeling as though that he is protecting or he feels he's well within his right to protect, you know, businesses that he has no interest in. No. But yet, and, and and walk past, walk past National Guard, walk past uh, police officers in that particular area, even to the point of offering him bottled water. But yet, you have an individual who can go into a church in South Carolina and murder three individuals, and then they offer this offer this man when they caught him, they took him to McDonald's. There is no consequence. Let uh, let it be someone. Let it be one of us that was walking with a long gun. Let it be you know, or if my son, you know, my older son who he he carries because he's former military, and he's in a he's in an area where it's a stand your ground type of area. But then, if he was to come around with a, you know, with either a sidearm or a long gun, and, and he's going to automatically get accosted, he's going to get just fronted by police officers to to no end. There is the the double standard is so disheartening, and in trying to explain that to your children is difficult in its own right, and you just you run out of words because you're getting exhausted and seeing it, seeing these images, and. I, I, I've been on the, you know, I've been on the brink of tears because I just don't know what to say anymore. I asked my dad again, you know, someone who's been in law enforcement for forty some years, you know, and I'm asking him, what do I tell my kids now? What do I tell my sons? You know, and he, you know, and I love my dad dearly, but he was kind of giving me the kind of the standard answer because he doesn't know at this point. Again, someone who's well versed in law enforcement, he just doesn't know anymore. You know, we used to have these answers. We just don't know anymore because it, it is a hunt. It is a witch hunt at this point. Re Renee, tell him I said thank you because I know he can't hear me. That's why I said thank you, Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So I got one more person. Y'all heard that. That was too much to interpret, but okay. Okay. We heard you loud and clear, Marcel. <laughs> so. I got one more person, and, and Renee, I don't know if you want to stick around and stay on and while we talk to Royal, but you're willing to. If not, you can hop off. I appreciate you joining me. You know what you need, the same thing. Somebody tell Sale if he wants to hop off, he's willing to. If he want to stick around, that's good, Renee. Give me my translation. Parcel, <laughs> Antoine says you're free to stick around if you want to, or you yeah, can hop I, off at any time. Because because I, I know there's substantive stuff that's being said, but I, 
I don't sign and I don't read lips. <laughs> so, and, and, uh, all I know is, and I'll say this as, as just a little poke, little poke at, at Antoine. You better bowl your tail off come Sunday, cause cause you cause you know your girl, you know your girl. They 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 try to make that move, and you know, I got you know how you battle. I got him. <laughs> I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about it at Remember all. Remember that Sunday, okay? Bring her spirit back there. <laughs> it was a pleasure being right, everyone. So, pleasure talking with you from what I heard. I, I know it's substantive. Let, let's just continue to to move forward. And, and God bless everyone. And just, you know, stay safe. Nice Listen. to meet you, Marcel. All right, man. Listen, um, I got a buddy of mine that I'm going to bring on. Also, so let's bring Roy in so we can have a quick conversation with Roy. What's going on, Roy? How are you today, bro? Hi, how you doing, man? How's it? Man, I, I I can't complain. I can't call it. Roy, Trinita's our black business uh, uh, spotlight tonight. Renee is my a good friend from college who was down at the march, so I had her on, so we's talking. So I just been waiting for you to come on to, to just give your perspective. You gotta tell everybody how you know me, how we met, and then you can go ahead and, and the floor is yours. We got about a good five minutes to let you talk about whatever you need to talk about tonight. Uh, that's cool, man. I'm sorry I got yeah. in late, you know, the traffic and rain in this area, but- uh, Yeah, I hear it. You know, I met Mr. Brown, man. Um, actually, we met um, uh, in the hundred black. Uh, was it a hundred black man uh, event mm -hmm. or something like that? Yeah. Uh, we connected after that and played golf a couple times. And uh, you know, great way to meet uh, you know great people because I haven't met anybody that I don't like yet. So, <laughs> so I, you know, uh, other than that, you know, I'm a, a business owner and. Um, up in Columbia, I do uh, federal contracting and things. And I met Antoine uh, as I was going to um, start um, start my you know start my journey into the uh, I guess the hundred black men pose uh, or whatever. And I decided not to. And now I'm up in uh, Baltimore running a nonprofit, but that's something totally different. Um, However, um, or what you know, what's the topic today, man? I'm trying to figure out. Man, man, we we talked about we talked about the the DNC, the RNC, the march today. Uh, Renee, I asked Renee to join because she was down at the march and she was kind of giving us her perspective as a, a black woman and taking her three kids down there. And Trinita runs a podcast that talks about a lot of these topics. So we just been really, we just had Martel on Black Man. I know you got two kids. So we just been on that topic of how you feel about, you know, the RNC's uh, convention, the DNC's convention, and even the, the march today. So, uh, okay. Or any of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to give my perspective, I've told you several times, I'm not, you know, the greatest when it comes to politics, because I, I call it on both sides. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, uh, one side was playing off the of sympathy and the other one was playing off of fear. And I think there was two dangerous games that they were playing with, uh, folks, you know, because I think that social media, you know, social media and the media knows that they play off of everyone's emotions. And I, you know, I, what happened in Wisconsin is a direct reflect of, 
you know, the RNC's whole fear thing, you know, because they feel like Portland is without police and things of that nature, and that's not the case. You know, you have people out there that you know, want to get that claim to fame. They want that moment in, in the uh, light. Everybody's willing to do anything to be trending on social media. So, I mean, and, and it goes from our president all the way down. So, I mean, <laughs> we've turned into a world of what I would call attention whores. Um, and I'm just giving it to you real, you know, like uh, you see it from the celebrities all the way down. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, I, I did kind of like what I seen today, um, you know, watching the speeches and things like that. My uh, business partner is a Trump supporter, so I cut it on. I cut the. Uh, <laughs> I cut it on every channel, man. I cut it on every TV in the office. I think we got like twelve TVs in there. I cut it on twelve TVs because <laughs> I'm there. Uh, but I, I, I really, uh, I, you know, I did like what I seen. You know, hopefully, you know, uh, we as a community can reunite and. Um, and get through this and i mean i think we've gotten the attention i just hope we don't destroy it with uh you know take the focus off of what we you know where we trying you know we're trying to stride to be as a community as a culture and things like that and you know not go back to you know what this celebrity said or what this person said or what that person said yeah. um, i i really get caught up you know and uh you know i'm kind of kind of because I see how many people get caught up with what celebrities say and what, uh, you know, what these politicians say. And I'm like, yo, they're human just like us. You know, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to, you know, make comments. I, I don't know when we started idolizing these folks as if they can't do any wrong or they're not going to say anything wrong. I'm like, yo, you know, hey, they're going to say and do whatever they feel, you know, just like we do every day. But we idolize them. We get upset at people because they, you know, because they don't think like us, and and it, it's hard to have dialogue like that now. So the one thing uh, that I'm I'm hoping that comes out of it is the dialogue piece, because me being an inspiring elected elected official is one of the reasons why we started this right here. Because um, we pointed out last week that, um, and while we was watching the tape of last week's show. Is that I, I don't think I don't think people think that we all are politically savvy enough because we don't look like it. Or it's a certain type of black person that's savvy enough to be astute in the political game or understand what goes on. And then even even if if you, you know if I let's say I'm the chosen one to be in front of, they still look at me as being how you're supposed to look as a politician. And when I talk to people every day, I'd be like, no, we all are, are political. We all need to know. We know when our trash need to be taken out, what our kids need to be doing, you know, when the gas prices go up, when the gas prices go down and what's affecting the world. We all political. And just the fact that I can talk to all you different faces and all you different backgrounds to uh, to hear your perspective, to be like, oh, okay. I'm, the, the purpose of this is to let everybody start seeing it's not one look or one sound when it comes to us as black people and how we view our political political platform. So I know I wrote, I, Trinita and Renee, I know Roy don't like this political stuff, but he does stay great. But I asked him to come on because he always gives a good perspective on 
one, how to run a business as a black man and make his money within a, a system that's really, and I'm gonna say it, Roy, you're not saying it, that's not built for you. I'm saying it, you're not saying it. Just I'm just putting that out there. He's running a, a successful business that's not on the playing field for him, but still maintaining who he is as a black man. And I've always respected you, brother. I appreciate everything you're doing and continue doing for your community and your family. So I just wanted to say that out before publicly and online recorded before we get off here. So I appreciate you you coming on through. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh Trinita, one last thing before we wrap it up. Okay. Go for it. Anything you got? Uh, oh, I <laughs> I was so interested in what everybody was saying. I think that we made some really good points today. Um, some things that I'm gonna definitely turn over and think think about. Because, you know, um, that's what I do. <laughs> um, I think it's important that, uh, uh, to, to Roy's point, I think it's really important that we do see both sides. Because a lot of times I do find myself as a liberal thinking person to um, sometimes not think about or not be willing to adhere to um, what conservative thought process is. The problem that I have, I think, is mostly because it's not just the uh, mindset, but it's also the, um, the behavior of the people who those opinions belong to that makes it difficult um, for me to listen. But I do think it's, um, on paper, it looks great. You know, I learned about it. I learned about um, politics in school, and I learned about Republican and Democrat um, platforms in, in college. And I learned very early on that I lean liberal, and I'm fine with that. Um, but I also learned the importance of listening to both sides of the aisle. And I also learned the importance of not just being on one side or the other, because we're not always, you know, we're not always right or wrong. Um, and sometimes right. there is a middle ground, and that's where our interests are. Um, at the end of the day, especially when it comes to Black people and and, and white that we are working so heavily on right now, it's about understanding and acceptance, um, and that's really what we're looking for. Um, and that's just pretty much my opinion right now. Thank you, Trinita. Renee, anything before we wrap it up? Is my okay? So no, just. Um, I guess some follow-ups or my last piece of advice would be for all the young people that are out there, continue to get organized, get motivated, uh, continue to take the lead, start your own, you know, voting campaigns, um, different things. And I personally, Antoine, don't watch the RNC because I just, you know, I, I like to watch my movies on Blockbuster and not during political season, but uh, but for those of you that do, keep us abreast because I'm just what I just have zero tolerance for his foolishness. I feel like, you know, when you put a clown in office, then he's going to orchestrate a circus. So um, but for the young people, you know, get your kids out to educate them. I brought mine to be a part of history. And, you know, I'll definitely research the topics in my hometown. And so my kids go with me every year, every season to vote because I want to make sure they understood that at some point. Somebody in my family couldn't vote, didn't have that right, didn't have that privilege. So I don't want to waste my opportunity. Renee, you, you kind of told your age because Blockbuster ain't been around in about 15, maybe 20 years. <laughs> You're right. He is definitely giving you some Blockbuster materials, too. <laughs> but, Renee, you have to watch the RNC because it's a whole different world out there. 
that we're not a part of that their perspective is being skewed through through what they think. So when you be no, but I'm living in it. I'm in a red state. I'm in a Trump okay. county, and it is scary. And I live it, and I don't right. see it. All right. I, don't, I don't want no parts of that. But you're right. It was but a hard watch. I tell you that. Much. It was a hard. It was a hard watch. I can, I can imagine. It was a hard watch. <laughs> but listen, y'all, man. I appreciate y'all jumping on. Jumping on here, I'm gonna close with. I, I didn't share earlier, and I think everybody on the phone on, on the screen knows that I'm getting my doctoral degree in social work. School started, yeah, school started last week, and I, one of my teachers told me I, I play too much, and then the next teacher gets on and told me, "Come on, man, laugh a little bit." And I was like, "Man, that's refreshing." But in order to be successful in this program, you got to kind of have your mind open to changes rapidly and be able to retain and process information rapidly. And I feel like as a voter right now, that's what kind of the process we in. So be able to change up and down. They're going to throw things at us. Even with the Black Lives Matter, they're going to try to make it seem like it's the worst thing ever. It's my baby. Hey, Echo. So everything that we doing right now, make sure you stay on top of it. Um, if you haven't gotten your your mail-in ballot and you live in Maryland, the mail-in ballot request, you text FBM to 7788. It'll send everything to you automatically. You just do the application online. If uh, we'll be back here next Friday at 530, 630. Trinita's information is in the chat, so make sure you check out her podcast. Roy, thanks again. Renee, thank you. I love you as always for joining me. Marcel, if you're still on there listening, thank you for jumping on. Man, I appreciate y'all, and y'all make sure y'all tell somebody to like, like my page, tell them to join me when they can so we can get some comments, and hopefully we can just bring some people in on some of the stuff. Trinita's face tonight was priceless if y'all missed it. She like she was like I'm ready. So make sure y'all listening to uh, Trinita's podcast. So here are her co-host. What's your co-host name again, Trinita? Jere Williams and Miss Williams, so she can come on and y'all, you guys, go ahead and do y'all thing, man. Once again, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all joining me. I'll talk to you all soon, and we're gonna wrap this thing up, and we'll see y'all next time. Good night. Have a good, good one. Bro. Night. All right, bro. <laughs>